Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the ordinary, normal rhythms of life. And today I have my pastoral assistant, Kevin Noor. Hey, guys. And our director of Sacred City Youth, Alex Tate. How's it going, guys? And we are continuing the segment of the podcast we call Theology for Everyone. And we are slowly working our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith. Going, it's a tiny systematic theology that we're breaking about, break, basically breaking down doctrines of the Bible, what the Bible actually teaches, some things that you might not ever hear on uh, maybe on a Sunday morning in this kind of detail and in this kind of depth because um, systematic theology is different than biblical theology in the way that we preach verse by verse through books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Systematic theology takes everything the Bible says about a certain topic and kind of break and systematizes it, breaks it down. So. Um, right now, we're studying what we could call soteriology, the um, science of our salvation, or so the theology of our salvation. So what does it look, what are the pieces and the parts of our salvation? We've talked about the golden chain of salvation, predestination and election. We talked about effectual calling. Uh, we've talked about actually the covenant uh, of redemption that happened even in eternity past before all those things. And um, now we are on to chapter 11, which is called Of Justification. Mm -hmm. And so let's jump in to the next phase of our salvation. Let's do it. Okay. Chapter 11, Of Justification, Article 1. Those whom God effectually calleth, he also freely justifieth, not by infusing righteousness into them, but by pardoning their sins and by accounting and accepting their persons as righteous, not for anything wrought in them or done by them, but for Christ's sake alone, not by imputing faith itself, the act of believing, or any other evangelical obedience to them as their righteousness, but by imputing the obedience and satisfaction of Christ unto them, they receiving and resting on him and his righteousness by faith, which faith they have not of themselves, it is the gift of God. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Justification. Now, if you've been around Sacred City for very long, <clears throat> you should have heard about justification. <clears throat> justification is a legal term to be justified, to be declared not guilty. But with that declaration, there's also a positive aspect. So you're declared not guilty, but you're also declared or imputed righteousness. The Westminster Divines are making a point here. They're not imputing faith to you. They're not imputing any works to you. They're imputing the work of Christ. 
Mm. They're imputing the record of Christ. So justification is, this reality is, we're standing before the judgment seat of, of Christ. Mm-hmm. We're guilty of many trespasses and sins. The just consequence of those, just, of those sins is death and eternal separation from God. Okay? And yet God, when, he bring, when the charges are read against us, Jesus Christ steps forward mm. and says, I will take their punishment and I will impute my righteousness to them. So, and the judge, God himself, looks at Jesus and says, I accept your sacrifice. I accept that. And you can take his place and he can take your righteousness. And now God the Father looks at us as if we had never sinned. Amen. So I've heard justifications just as if I had never sinned. That's the result of it. Now, this is all legal. It's all kind of courtroom analogy and and stuff. But it's a big deal. This is a big deal. Like, this is what makes Christianity Christianity. One of the things, effectual calling is a huge piece of this too, but to be justified and forgiven of our sins and to be declared righteous... Um, it's a big deal because if I was only going to be righteous based upon my own works, I would be in constant insecurity about my relationship with God. You know, because the more I grow in my knowledge of God and my knowledge of Scripture and my intimacy with the Lord, the more aware I am of the sin that still lies deep in my heart. Yeah, yeah. you know, all the time. Um, I do sin. I do even good things for sinful reasons many times. So I have no real hope. I know no real confidence, no security. And there's a lot of Christians out there who struggle with this issue of the security of the believer. They don't really feel saved. They don't really know for sure if they're saved or not. And so their confidence to approach the throne of grace, to pray, to worship God, to serve, to evangelize, they have like no confidence. Because their confidence is based on their own ability. And so they're like the batter who gets up and he's, he's like never hits the ball. And so how much confidence does that guy have to go, you know, to up, to swing, up, up, up to the plate, right? You're out. Yeah, he's, yeah that's it. He's like, <laughs> Strike he's three, like baby. I know how much I suck. And so I have no confidence to share the gospel. Yeah. Or I have no confidence to swing the bat. Well, our confidence doesn't come from our ability. Our confidence comes from the fact that we have been justified. Yeah. We yeah. are accepted by God. We have been made righteous. And our job isn't to point people to our success, but to point people to Jesus. Yep. Yeah. So let's break this down a little bit. Those whom God effectually call us, so we hear, we see this chain. Now we call it the golden chain because each piece is linked to the to the piece before it, right? So we had, we talked about the covenant of, of redemption then we talked about election and predestination. We talked a little bit about free will. Then we talked about effectual calling. Now we're on to justification. All of those are linked, okay? And these are all monergistic. They're all the work of God, okay? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's, keep, let's keep reading. Those whom God effectually calleth, he also freely justifieth. Let's, um, we got a text for that one? Yeah, Romans 8. 30. And those whom he predestined, he also called. 
And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. All right, so you see the chain. But then they get some details. He justifies us not by infusing righteousness into them. So, this can be confusing. God doesn't make us, how do I say this, actually righteous. It's not as if he, all of a sudden, when we're we're justified in the act of justification, we become righteous. Boom. I'm Jesus walking around. Jesus was righteous, right? He doesn't infuse that into us as if we we possess the characteristics of righteousness ourselves, okay? But by pardoning their sins, so pardoning, forgiving, and by, here it is, accounting and accepting their persons as righteous, not for anything wrought in them or done by them, but for Christ's sake alone. Mm. So he imputes, he counts Jesus' righteousness as if it was our own. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Not by imputing faith itself, the act of believing, or any other evangelical obedience to them as their righteousness. So he doesn't put any of those characteristics within us to make us righteous. Belief, faith, wisdom, kindness, mercy, justice, goodness. No, he imputes the righteousness of Christ. He counts righteousness, okay? But by imputing the obedience and satisfaction of Christ unto them, okay? So there is, when God justifies us, there's still nothing in ourself that is righteous. Mm, Yeah. We're still unrighteous, but we're counted righteous. We've been, the righteousness of Christ has been imputed unto us, okay? So it's all Christ's righteousness. It's not ours, it's Christ's. We get a passive righteousness, okay? Get that? Yeah. Okay. We got a text for that one? Yep. Romans 3, 22 through 28. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Okay. Nothing we could ever do. Jesus did it for us. Now, how does Jesus have the right to do this? The doctrine that we want to talk about here, there, is called federal headship. Mm. Jesus is our federal head. Now, what is a federal head? Think of it as the representative for the human race. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Adam was our initial federal head. He was our ambassador, right? 
just as we send ambassadors over to China to negotiate deals and they represent our interests, they are, in a sense, they are America. When they go over, they are America. When Adam was in the garden, he was us. He was all mankind, okay? He fell into sin, so all of his sin gets imputed to mankind, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's our federal head. When Christ comes, Christ comes as the new federal head. And so he's our representative. He can stand before us. He can stand before God. He can represent us perfectly. And so that's why he can um, forgive us of our sins and impute his righteousness to us. Okay? Um, so as their righteousness, but by imputing the obedience and satisfaction of Christ unto them. Okay? So God receives the righteousness of Christ as if it was our own. Mm. Now, here's our response to that. They, so those whom God effectually calls and those who've been justified, they receiving and resting on Jesus and Jesus's righteousness by faith. So what's our job in this part? Here we see the first time we see anything that, we, that is required of us. Chill out. Right? But well, it's not just chill out. <laughs> what is it? What's 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 what do we have to do? Receive, yeah. rest on Jesus and his righteousness by faith. Yeah. So we have to go, we like to say around here, lay your deadly doing down, down at the feet of Jesus. Lay it down. No longer working for our righteousness, no longer trying to prove our worth, no longer trying to build our identity. We rest completely on the finished work of Jesus. And we receive salvation, we receive justification, and we thank God for it, right? Amen. Okay, and then someone says, well, so we know effectual calling was completely monergistic. It was all of God's work. Okay, is justification synergistic? Is it us and God that God justifies, but we have to believe? Well, look how they finish this sentence. So they receive us receiving and resting on Jesus and Jesus' righteousness by faith, which faith they have, not of themselves, it is the gift of God. Yeah. So God gives us our faith, and now it's up to us to now put that faith in Jesus. Mm. Yeah. We have a text for that? Yeah, Galatians 2.16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Mm. No one. Works of the law, doing good. No one will be justified. Only through faith in Jesus mm. Christ. And that faith we've been given as a sheer gift. So this is like, it's it's like for me, I'm reminded of this every year of Father's Day. Okay. Basically, Father's Day is me giving my kids my money to buy me gifts. <laughs> <laughs> right? What gift you want? All right, how much are you gonna give me? <laughs> I mean I mean yeah. that that's what it is. Like I'm the one in our household who's I'm the provider. I make the money, and my kids don't have any, you know, money. And so I give my kid money to buy me gifts. Right. You know, that's, a, that's ultimately what God does here. God gives us faith so that we can put our faith in him. Yeah, that's mm. good. You know, and again, glory to God, man. 
Thank God. Thank God for it. Okay, so that's Article 1. Let's go to Article 2. Faith, thus receiving and resting on Christ and his righteousness, is the alone instrument of justification. Yet it is not alone in the person justified, but is ever accompanied with other saving graces and is no dead faith, but worketh by love. I love this. Mm. So, in the analogy we just said, God gives us faith. Mm -hmm. We put that faith in Jesus Christ. We turn from our sin and turn from our self-justification efforts. We lay our deadly doing down. We rest in the gospel. We rest in the work of Christ. We accept the finished work of Jesus on our behalf and worship Jesus alone. Just glorify God for our justification. Yet, when we're justified, faith isn't the only thing that's there. Faith is like a seed that produces a fruit that produces bunches of fruit. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so God gives us this faith, and then we practice this faith, we activate this faith, and it's like sowing that seed in the ground that produces that grapevine that's got all these bunches of grapes on it, right? And it's, it says, ever accompanied by all other saving graces. It's no other dead faith, but worketh by love. So Martin Luther says, we're saved by faith alone, but faith never stays alone. And we know what he means by that is faith begets good works. Yeah. Right? Faith begets love. Faith bears the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So anybody that says, oh, I'm saved by grace alone through faith alone, so it doesn't matter how I live my life and I'm going to sin. I'm going to, nope, 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 nope. That's a dead faith. That's not a real faith. Mm Mm-hmm. Faith never, faith never stays alone. Faith sown, faith rested in, faith trust, faith put on Jesus Christ produces fruit. Yeah, yeah. You know, fruit in your life personally, fruit in your life, in your family, fruit in your church, right? Fruit, fruit in the society as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go through this one by one. Faith. Thus receiving and resting on Christ and his righteousness is the alone instrument of justification. So God gives us his faith. We put our faith in Christ. Boom, we're justified. Mm. Now this is different than effectual calling. We see this. Effectual and calling was completely monergistic. No work from us. No, didn't require anything from us. God effectually called us. He said, Alex Tate, you're dead on the table. They're about to do, you know, uh, autopsy on you. But I say, Alex Tate, come to me. Amen. He yeah. bucks up off that table and says, whoa, 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 there's been a mistake. <laughs> I'm, alive. I'm alive. Don't cut, Doc. Don't hold, cut. Hold the knife. Hold the knife. All right? That's effectual calling. But in justification, 
God gives us faith, but then we practice that faith. We mm. use that faith. We put that faith in Jesus and Jesus' work on the cross, his life, death, and resurrection on our behalf. And then once we put our faith in Christ, now we're justified. Yeah. yeah. Now we're forgiven. Mm. Now we're made righteous in Christ. Mm -hmm. It's the alone instrument of justification. We got a text for that? Yep. Um, we come from John 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. Boom. So justification also entails adoption. You're just, nobody, who's just, nobody who's adopted unless they're justified, they're justified, boom. Give them the right to become sons mm, of God. Yeah. Yet, so we could worship God just right there, boom. Praise God. Yeah. Yet, so faith is not alone in the person justified, but is ever accompanied with all other saving graces and is no dead faith, but worketh by love. We got a text by that? Galatians 5, 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Mm. And then let's pull up James. Let's pull up James um, 2, 17, yep. 22, and 26. Because I want to go there again, show a little more detail on this one. By the way, I'm sipping on this wild turkey, rare breed rye. Hard to find. Never seen it in Iowa. Found it this week. It's delicious. I got to try it out. And I'm thoroughly enjoying it to the glory of God right now. Yes, you got that text? Yep. So, James 2, 17, 22, and 26. Yeah. Uh, James 2, 17. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. 22 says, you see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And then 26, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So when God gives us this faith, think of it as a seed. I think that's, maybe it's a helpful metaphor. He gives us the seed of faith, right? Mm. And when we sow that seed into the ground that seed produces a plant that produce or a life, let's just say a life that produces fruit. If that seed either, if that seed never gets planted, what happens? It's dead, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a dead seed. It's, it's a dead dry seed right there. It doesn't produce anything. So that seed must be planted. That seed must be sown into the ground. And so we say there, therefore a Christian is justified by the work of Christ, but that justification is going to produce good fruit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So we, we think about the thief on the cross. Thief on the cross, today, he's, that one, one thief is mocking Jesus and blaspheming Jesus, and the other thief says, we deserve this. He didn't deserve this. Mm. Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. Yeah. So we see him, almost we see a... a, a 
maybe it's a pre, maybe it's an immature, but whatever, whatever. We see him confess his sin. We yeah. deserve this, an awareness of his sin. He doesn't deserve it. We see an awareness of the righteousness of Christ. Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. We see an uh, an awakening of Jesus is the king of the, king of the universe, yeah. right? Amen. And so even there we see evidence of election, effectual calling, justification, and the fruit, though it's small because he's hanging on a cross dying, right. the fruit is a profession of faith. Mm-hmm. That's all the fruit is in that moment, you know, faith and repentance. There's still fruit, right? And so that faith produced works. You think it's hard for a lot of people to see that because a lot of people think the way that I grew up or the way that I see fruit, this is what it should look like. And then when they see that or they hear that, it's just kind of like, well, you have to do something to get in. Mm. Well, I think as Americans, by and large, we have a real problem with grace. Mm. We have a problem with undeserved kindness and undeserved <laughs> yeah. mercy, you know? Yeah. We we really want to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and earn it and work and be responsible and all these things. And those are good things. I'm not saying they're not good things. But ultimately, salvation is a gift of God, and it's a result of God's grace and not of works at all. And so we push back against that. But yeah, I mean, that's the... This is why Paul said the gospel is folly to, you know, the wisdom of the day, the wisdom of the age. Mm. Mm. Like, to think, like, here's the scandalous nature of the gospel. A child molester Mm. on death row, if that man is elect of God, could be effectually called the night before his execution yeah, and could be given faith by the Holy Spirit and he puts his faith in Jesus Christ and that man could be fully justified and upon his death enter into the kingdom of God. Mm. Now think of that compared to the man who lives a good life his whole life. Never deceives anybody in business. He's an honorable husband. He's an honorable man. He creates, you know, he does good in the world. He grows up to be president of the United States. He's the best best president we've ever had. He's on, blah, 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 down the line. And this man is not elect, has never been effectually called, has never put his faith in Jesus Christ. And yet, like, when you look at his life, has done so much more for humanity than this pedophile. And yet the pedophile gets justified mm. and this man doesn't. And I got, that's the absurd nature. That's the, that's the reality of the gospel. This is why Paul says this is foolishness to the wise. Yeah. You know, the world, the wise of the world, this is absolute foolishness. But when we, when we, so, so I just gave that scenario from our human perspective. But from God's perspective, all of us are rebels. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That good president that was, the, let's just say he's the best man to ever live. Mm-hmm. That man was, a, if he didn't turn to Christ, 
he was a rebel against a holy God. Yeah. He was an insurrectionist mm-hmm. against the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and was trusting in his own righteousness rather than the Son of God who died on his behalf. So he was the type of man that would look at the Son of God and go, wow, that was weird. I don't know why he did that. Glad he died for some people. He didn't die to, He didn't need to die for me. Or I can do it better. Yeah, I'm a mm-hmm. good man. I, I wouldn't have done mm-hmm. it a lot differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And so R.C. Sproul says, all sin is cosmic treason. Mm-hmm. Right? You commit treason, it's death penalty. Almost yeah. in every state or every country. You commit treason, it's death penalty. All sin against God. All sin against a holy, good, gracious God is cosmic treason. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> So, all f- so so yeah, the gospel itself is is foolishness to the wise, and and yet we also have to hold this this intention, like the free gift of grace, when we receive it, and we you know gift the faith, we receive that faith, we put it in Christ, it's going to produce fruit. Yeah. yeah. So, on death row, it might not produce much much fruit. A confession of faith, that's it, maybe. But for most of us, that means it's going to produce acts of love. It's going to produce evidences of grace. We're going to be made more loving, more kind, more gentle, more generous, more hospitable. Yeah. Right? And that's important because as the world looks in, God uses those evidences of grace to bring other people into his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So it's important for us to, to hold this, um, to hold this intention. It's all grace. But you never get to say, if you're out getting drunk on the town, hey, I'm saved by grace. <laughs> Wrong application. Right. You don't get to say that. You're having a fear. Hey, I'm saved by grace. I'm saved by grace. Well, maybe you're not. Because that's not it doesn't look like there's any fruit there. Yeah. You're leaving your wife and you and you say you're saved by grace. No, I don't think you are. Mm-hmm. You're persisting in sin right now. That would tell me you're not saved by grace. You're not producing works of love. Yeah. You're producing works of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's what they're trying to hold hold in balance here. Are we going on to three or is that just two? Or are we just doing two? Just two. Cool. All right. So on justification, we've got the first two articles on justification. If you guys have questions on this, listen, we would love to get your questions. We would love to answer your questions. Um, so send them to me, Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com. Um, hopefully this was helpful to you. Hopefully, you know, and encouraged you and you, uh, you're growing in your theology. We love you. We're praying for you. We will see you on Sunday. God bless. God bless.